Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Memphis, Tennessee, my guest is a singer, songwriter, and piano player who fronts a band called The Wild Roots. He won the coveted Blues Music Award as Pinetop Perkins Piano Player of the Year in both 2013 and 2014. His newest CD is called Boomtown and was produced by his musical partner of 10 years, Stephen Deese, who was touring and recording as bassist and vocalist with Hall & Oates, Todd Rundgren, Pat Travers, and Foghat, to name a few. You've been hearing the title track from my guest's brand new CD. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Victor Wainwright. Hey, Bruce. How you doing, man? It's such a pleasure to be here with you today. Oh, thank you, Victor. Good to talk to you. Thanks Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Well, thankfully, you know, I, I, I could talk to you from all the way over here in Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're obviously going to be talking a lot about your new CD, but first just tell the listeners about the title track, Boomtown, which we were just playing. What's that song about? Man, Boomtown, if you can imagine, a lot of uh, blues musicians going way, way back have had issues with, like, sin and salvation, both, you know, Saturday night to Sunday morning, another track on the CD. Boomtown would represent the side that would be Saturday night. Um, basically, temptation. A lot of uh, blues musicians have struggled with gambling. Uh, I know that I like to gamble. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that I struggle with it, but I know that there's a lot of history there with blues musicians. Um, we found there's a little casino in New Orleans called Boomtown. Um, so we just kind of went on there. We created a story where, you know, I'm going down to Boomtown and, uh, you know, faced with some temptation and maybe some sin. And then moving into Sunday morning on other parts of the CD as well. Wow, very interesting, very interesting. And, and I must say that it does, for me, conjure up images of way back this show, episode 19 with Danny Brooks, who's a blues artist out of Texas. And he talked about addictions, uh, problems that he had and, and how he overcame those. And uh, I may be wrong in this, but I, th I think he might even be uh, an ordained minister at this point. But uh, some, some real good storytelling that he did. So um, <laughs> we're, we're, we're off to a, a similarly good start here on this one. Uh, so, so the CD is out, a total of 13 songs. And, and of course, I mentioned uh, Stephen Deese having produced it. As, as we keep in mind, Victor, that there are certainly fans of yours listening uh, but on a more global scale, figuratively and literally, I guess, there there are listeners of my show who are just being introduced to you and the Wild Roots. So what do you want anyone who's sure. listening, whether fan or newbie, to know about the Boomtown CD? I would like them to know that here is 10 years worth of a cumulative effort. <laughs> uh, Stephen and I have been working together for, this would be 10 years. 
So our first CD came out in 2005, again, another one in 2009, 11, 13, and now 15. And, and here we are 10 years later still working together and still having a great time with the sole purpose and focus being on creating music that pushes the boundaries and welcomes those outside of the normal blue circle to step inside with us. We're not too interested in crossing over. We're interested in bringing people to our side and into our world that we call roots music and blues music and boogie woogie or whatever else. And, and I think the CD really encompasses a broad range of music where we think a lot of people might be interested in coming over and checking out what we have going on. Not just your one, four, five blues is not, and, and though we got that and I totally respect that, but what we're trying to do is, is create something that would be a platform for myself and the band to entertain from. And I think these songs are very entertaining. A lot of them tell, almost all of them tell a really wonderful story of some sort. If you listen to the lyrics, uh, I know there was a lot of care and attention put into those sort of things on this album. Um, and I'm just very proud of it. And I think people that don't know us yet who might want to take a listen, I think they can all find something that they really enjoy about this record. Um, not only from just uh, putting it into your car and listening to it, but also after they get to know us, we're entertainers. We love to entertain. We love to put on a show. And these songs are, gonna, are going to enable us to do that for another 10 years. I like that. I like that. It's, I like the yeah. way that, that you describe that. I wonder, can you talk about the, you mentioned that the years that, that each of the CDs have come out. So 2011 and 2015. Uh, and, and I'm trying to put a positive spin on this, uh, I guess more of a, of a teaching moment for the listeners that are musicians also who are, who are trying to, uh, I guess, come to terms with a lot, of, a lot of musicians put too much pressure on themselves and they say, well, I have to put a CD out because it's been X amount of time since my last one. So just kind of speak to that right. a little bit in, 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 in those four years sure. uh, that lapsed in between the two. Well, there was there was there was two times where there's been four years. In 2005, we put out Piana from Savannah, which my license plate on my my touring vehicle right now says Piana, and it says it on the front <laughs> of my piano as well. Piana from Savannah. I was born and raised in Savannah, Georgia. Then there was four years that went by. A lot of people are curious what what was going on. Well, I moved to Memphis, Tennessee, to become an air traffic controller. As like many wow. of our listeners, I'm sure, and many of uh, my friends, there was a lot of pressure on my generation to get a college degree and to get something that you know would be your main focus. Yeah. That way, music could always be my backup. Well, it just turned out that after putting out Piano from Savannah in 2005, uh, those four years were very critical for me to figure out that, no, I'm not going to be an air traffic controller. I'm actually going to be a musician. <laughs> I'm actually going to be touring and things. So I had to figure that out during that time frame. And then from 2011 to, uh, I mean, 2009 to 2011, that's about as much time as Stephen and I would like uh, or, or that we really need in order to create the type of albums that we like to create. I know a lot of guys want to go in and, uh, you know, put out an album, record it live, all these things. That's not, I respect that. That's not really our creative process with the Wild Roots, though. We like to go in and create a story and take a lot of time with our lyrics, and we're very, we're very proud of that sort of approach, and that takes time, uh, as well as me touring my tail off, uh, starting in about <laughs> 2000, uh, 2007. Uh, on now, you know, now we're, we're reaching 250 plus dates a year. And that's, that's a tremendous amount of, of touring. Uh, a lot of you guys, I don't know how much all these listeners know about touring, but it's, it's a lot of hard work and it's extremely rewarding, but it's a lot of hard work. And I think, uh, you know, between that and Stephen living in Florida, I was asked to move to Memphis, Tennessee, uh, 
by the uh, Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, when I was going to be an air traffic controller, it's a government job, so they tell you where to move. Luckily for me, and it just so happened, I moved to Memphis, Tennessee. So there was a lot of time during those four years where things were going on. The next four-year gap, I actually put out a CD in the middle of that time period with a band called Southern Hospitality. That would be with my friends Damon Fowler, uh, J.P. Soares, uh, and it was a super group of sorts. It still is around. We still uh, do festivals. We're doing a festival on the West Coast called the Big Blues Bender. Um, we're, we've played a lot of venues uh, all over the world, really, with this band and also the Wild Roots. So we wanted to do something that would be a little bit different um, in between uh, Lit Up, which was 2011, and now being 2015. So our album, Southern Hospitality, with that super group band, a cumulative effort between me, Damon Fowler, and J.P. Soares, was right in the middle of all that. So that kind of explains a little bit of the time frame or the timeline that that we're discussing now, Bruce. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, and, you know, the, I mean, there's there's different stories for different people and, and different reasons. The, the, the air traffic controller story is, is very unique. I'm, I'm thinking of episode 54 when Roger Yeager was my guest, and boy, I, I, I hope I'm, I'm doing this justice, but I want to say that he went eight years in between releases and really told a fascinating story about how he wasn't going to just put something out just for the sake of putting something out and said that he was changing as a person, and as a result, his writing was changing and his music was changing and told this fascinating story about moving to India. Uh, so, you know, there's, oh, there's wow. certainly reasons why, uh, you know, I, th- I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head, you know, for people that... Uh, kind of are not on the inner circle, they sit back and they just look and say, well, when is this guy or when is this band or when is this girl going to put out their next CD because it's been insert time period here? Well, that that's not the reason to do it. You don't put out music just because it's been a certain number of time and, you know, some, something I, I says... I totally some, agree, yeah. Yeah, something says... I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah, this is how often you... No, there is no such thing that says this is how often you have to put something out. <laughs> no, no, not at all, man. We like to take our time. And, and we like to put out a quality product. That's about the best way I can really say it. <laughs> uh, for the listeners who are just being introduced to you and the Wild Roots, tell them about the band. Okay, well, of course, we've already talked about Stephen Dees. You know, I ran into Stephen when I was a teenager in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. is where I went to school to get my air traffic control degree. It's called air traffic management. Went to a school called uh, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida. Um, really cut my teeth down there with a lot of great guys, Stephen included, but also Reverend Billy C. Wirtz. And um, I toured with him a bit, and a guy, a fellow named Mark Hodson, um, who won, with, with his group, won a Handy Award. Uh, back then it was called Handy Awards before Blues Music Award. But I met the rest of the band that's currently the Wild Roots uh, with uh, basically in Memphis, Tennessee, um, Nick Black, who plays guitar, I met him. Uh, I needed a guitar player, and I went and, and met Nick. Uh, Nick was very inquisitive about what I was doing already because he was wanting to get into a touring band situation with his own band. And uh, it just kind of fell into place. I knew that he could pick up um, where a, a fellow named Greg Gumpel left off. He used to be in the Wild Roots. This is Nick Black. Um, Terry Grayson is playing uh, bass with us now with the Wild Roots on the road. And uh, he is Bobby Rush's grandson and also was the last bass player for Michael Burks, um, a fantastic, fantastic bass player and personality to have in the band. Billy Dean, I met in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. He's a drummer. Stephen Dees introduced me to him. He's been my drummer for over five years, a fantastic drummer, the best drummer I've ever played with. 
and also my brother from another mother, if you might want to call that. <laughs> we have a really tight uh, core group uh, of touring musicians, the four of us tour all over the world. Um, and it's just been a great, fun time. It's been a really wonderful ride. Uh, as well as them, the Extended Wild Roots, or the or the Wild Roots, really, is uh, the horn players. And uh, Patricia Andes, which is Steven's wife, she sings, plays, uh, plays the horn, and also does our art direction for album covers and takes care of a lot of things for us. Without her, we really wouldn't be able to do what we do. And um, Charlie Deschamps, who plays saxophone, he still plays saxophone with the Hall & Oates. He's also a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, was actually a Jeopardy question just recently, which I thought that was really cool, man. <laughs> you know you have a new, a cool uh, member in your band when they are a Jeopardy question. <laughs> they are. I know. I told them that was cooler than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah. On top of that, we have Ray Geiser, who joins us as well, and he's a fantastic uh, musician out of Daytona Beach, Florida. So there's three horns there. And that's really the Wild Roots. But you know, Victor, I, I love the way that you're talking about these people because I can feel it coming through when you talk about them. It's almost as though I had just said to you, "Tell me about your family. Tell me about your brothers and sisters." I mean, this is this is the. I mean, it's coming through to me that, really. that this is just who these people are to you, and and that obviously you know makes you such a co- cohesive group on stage, and and it and it speaks to what the blues community is. Oh, it really is. You gotta you gotta figure when we're on the road. I mean, even with your wife or, or significant other, you, you wake up, you might see that person that you usually split and, and both do what you got to do during the day. Maybe you both have day jobs, you go your different directions, then you reconvene at night, um, you go to sleep and it starts all over. Maybe you got a couple of days off that you could spend the whole day together. These musicians, especially the four of us on the road, we wake up, see each other, see each other all day see each other at night and then wake up and see each other and do it all over again. This is a, a very, you know, bands are a very unique experience that you, you need to become and you, you naturally become extremely close to because you're literally spending all day and, and most of the night with every day for 250 to 300 days a year. It's, it's really incredible experience and I've grown extremely tight to these fellows in the band and I'm very proud of them and we support each other 110%. And we all have the same goals. So yeah, it's it is a family. It's a it's a good it's a good analogy though. I'm 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 picturing I'm picturing you wake up in the morning and you look over and you go, Are you still here? <laughs> these, band, these band members. Exactly. Yep. You, you know, have to it, pinch yourself sometimes. You're just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it's it's funny because it makes me think of uh, episode 63, uh, Diamond Dixie. It's it's a, a country act out of Orlando, uh, and, it's, and it's two girls who are sisters and, and really doing big things quickly at a very young age. And, and, you know, this is to the point where they're talking about exactly what you said, where, I mean, these are girls that are still sleeping in the same bedroom for Pete's sake. So it's like, you know, now they're being homeschooled. So, you know, you're sleeping in the same bedroom, you're being homeschooled together, then you're going out and playing shows. And it's like I said, you know, you're writing songs together and you're going, oh, are, are you still here? <laughs> Can't get yeah, away from exactly. this person. <laughs> exactly right. Well, luckily we all get along, and I, I think that I've chosen guys with that intent, and I, and I, they know that, and they wouldn't mind me saying that. That I believed from a very early age. My grandfather and father and uncle all played music. They really taught me more or less everything that I know. Stephen D's taught me a great deal as well. 
Um, and I've had other mentors, but they taught me the most. And one of the most valuable pieces of, of advice I ever received in my whole entire life was from my dad and grandpa, who both told me to play with people that you like as people, that you enjoy to be around, that you are friends with, versus trying to find someone that's insanely talented, that's the best guitar player or the best drummer or the best, uh, best bass player. The reason being is if you like that person, you're going to stay with them probably a really long time, and they can grow with you. Now, it is important to play with people that that are, I, I always say, that are better than you so that you yourself get better. But mm, luckily nice. for me, I found guys that are not only better than me, but also people, and, and the most importantly, that I really enjoy being around. That's what's uh, you know, allowed us to be together for the Wild Roots. This is our 10-year anniversary for a long, long time, and also to really enjoy uh, just being on the road. And outstanding people. Outstanding. That's that's a yeah. gem. That's that's a keeper. That's that's one that will will definitely get listed in the show quotes because that's uh, that's that's <laughs> solid advice. Um, yeah. So as as you were gearing up to start Boomtown uh, in 2011, you released a CD called Lit Up, which went to number one on Sirius XM's BB King Bluesville channels Pick to Click, and and it earned some other impressive uh, chart. And, and ranking positions. Uh, plus, you and the Wild Roots became featured Memphis artist on House of Blues Radio and Blues Breaker of the Week. With all those accolades, were there some some tough act to follow feelings going into starting work on Boomtown, or was it, you know, the bar's been set, we need to pass that now? No, you know, I think I think going into Boomtown, we were fresh, and although we really love Lit Up, I think it's a really great, a piece of work. I think that Boomtown, we just, I don't even think we thought about it, honestly, Bruce. I think we just got in the studio and do exactly what we usually do, which is just to focus on what we have in front of us and our friendships and trying to have a good time. I think it really is uh, for us, man, the pressure, so to say, or the the anxiety that may come with, oh, we need to do better than our last one or whatever else really doesn't exist for us because we're there to have a good time and just to enjoy life. And that's, that's number one. Um, if I didn't enjoy it or we weren't having a good time, we just wouldn't do it. It's not, it's gotta be a good time. That's how we create the good music. And we're really thinking about our fans and, and our, and our future fans. And I don't even like to say the word fans. I'd rather just say friends. I, I don't like anyone to be mad at me because I'd just rather be friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this is a case where an argument could strongly be made for the gap from 2011 to 2015 working in your favor because in that case, it's, you know, yeah, those accolades sound nice, Bruce, and sure, we were thankful to get all those. Uh, but at that point, it was it was way in the rearview mirror. We were just focusing on getting this record done and not really so much as what the last one did. Well, you know, we wanted to... Stephen Dees has a great quote, and he said that after 2011, he was thinking to himself, man, on the next CD, we're really going to have to make a, a, a good CD. And then I went ahead and won two Blues Music Awards for... Uh, Pine Top Perkins uh, Piano Player of the Year, which is equivalent of the Grammys for the blues, I guess. I'm very grateful and very humbled that I was elected or, or voted on like that. Then Stephen Dees came back and said, Victor had to go and win those awards, so I, I can't make a good seat anymore. I've got to make a great seat. <laughs> so I know that there was a little bit of a little bit of pressure, especially for, you know, Stephen, but a lot of, you know, everyone in the Wild Roots handles pressure very well. <laughs> and I don't think it's, it's, it causes anxiety. I think it causes excitement and things that we want to do. But yes, it, it was in the rearview mirror, 
But since we were still playing those songs every night and still thinking about them, of course we're going to be like, well, I wonder what the touring is going to be like. I wonder how we're going to create songs that we can play like we do now and entertain to the level of what we're already entertaining. And I think that was really our focus, and we've achieved that, and then some. Outstanding, outstanding. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Memphis is singer, songwriter, and piano player Victor Wainwright, whose band is called The Wild Roots. Check out his official website at www.victorwainwright.com. And yes, there are definitely social media sites to check him out on as well. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. His music is available on iTunes and Spotify, plus cdbaby.com and Amazon. He's got lots of live dates over these next couple months, so be sure to check those out on his website as well. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it so easy to get the show every week. It will just download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. I've already mentioned at least two of them, Danny Brooks and Roger Yeager. Uh, Three of them, excuse me, I also mentioned Diamond Dixie. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Victor, I've been referring to you as a piano player, but in fact, on the new album, you play acoustic piano, electric piano, and Hammond organ, and and that versatility started with your grandfather's influence. Yeah, that's absolutely right. My grandfather um, plays piano and still plays piano to this day, Um, and my grandfather, I mean, uh, my dad taught me really uh, to get into the microphone and start singing. And, uh, you know, I think on this album, we were, I was covering duty of all the, uh, the normal keys, uh, B3, electric piano, and also acoustic piano. And we also wanted to uh, draw attention to um, vocals a bit more on this album, uh, where sometimes I'm just singing. But for the most part, I'm playing a lot of piano. <laughs> so, yeah, man, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, you know, and, and it's, it's really probably a question to, to ask of Stephen, but how how challenging is it you know when you've got someone as talented as you are with piano that has won the the major awards that would you know i mentioned it in the intro and you just talked about it a few minutes ago you know the the temptation is well we really got to show off this guy's piano skills uh but at the same time you know you mentioned all the different players that you have obviously vocals um just just talk a little bit about about striking that balance well i think you know for steven it's just a matter of of first and foremost, treating the song as the number one priority. What does this song call for? What does it need? How do we keep this song as, how do we focus on this song to make it the best song that we possibly can? And sometimes that does mean no, no piano. You know? <laughs> and that's okay by me because I'm used to playing piano on every single song. So when I get a chance to say, play a Hammond B3 with a Leslie, I'm excited, and I can play a little bit of that. Now, I am a piano player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know, uh, a real, real established organ player. Um, there is a difference, but I do love playing organ, and I can play organ. And I do love playing uh, Wurlitzer and Rhodes pianos, um, electric pianos, and I love to sing. 
So I think for Stephen, it's just a matter of looking at everything that's available to him, understanding and respecting where I've come from and what we've achieved, especially with the Fine Top uh, uh, Perkins Awards. So, you know, songs like Piano from Savannah Boogie, which is just piano on the new album, I think really gives the our friends and fans looking for uh, that boogie woogie piano, something to really listen to. And also like with the song, like two lane blacktop on the album where it's just me and the drums, a piano and drums and, and a little singing uh, really gives listeners what they would want if they were listening and wanting a lot of piano. Um, and then I have songs like when the day is done, where it's a heavy vocal treatment with everybody singing and, and a lot of focus on uh, vocals. I'd like, uh, you know, of course, as a piano player, as we're moving forward, <laughs> I would uh, I'd love to be able to step out from behind the piano and just sing. Wow. I, I, uh, I love it. I, I come to the front of the stage and I just sing. I do it at festivals and I do it in theaters and anywhere else we go because I believe I can sing. And I'd like people to, to hear that versus always wanting to, for, for, to see me behind a piano. And I, I've come to realize that they really appreciate that movement on stage, that change of pace and that... Uh, you know, the audio aspect of it all, just hearing the difference uh, when you can hear the band bass drums and guitar without the piano and just me singing. It's also a nice change of pace. And, um, you know, we're really trying to draw focus on, on several different things here with this new album, one being the vocals and two being the songwriting and the production of the whole the whole album, of course, and just the fantastic musicians we have on board. Piano playing will always be there. I'm never going to leave the piano. <laughs> well, but you know, when but when you do to come to the front of the stage and just sing, I, th- I think you know, like you said, there's there's a level of acceptance, but but it's not until the people get over the initial shock of wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, I'm I'm thinking of Billy, right. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking of a guy like Billy Joel, you know, who you know, you people would think that he's you know surgically attached to the piano, and all of a sudden he comes center right. stage and he's got an acoustic stick guitar around his neck and people are going, wait, wait a minute, what, what is this? What's, what's happening right now? <laughs> exactly. You know, I know that Lucky, Lucky Peterson did that a bunch with playing the organ. They would come to the front of the stage and play guitar, you know, stuff like that. And, and for me, I don't play a guitar, but I do sing. And I love to come out and just sing in front of the stage. It's really an awesome experience for me and I, and I believe for the audience as well. Right on, right on. Uh, Boomtown is on Blind Pig Records. Talk about your relationship and, and working with them. Oh, I signed uh, with Blind Pig Records, I think around 2013 with Southern Hospitality, the super group that I mentioned. Um, it went well. We were happy there. Um, so when it came time for us to do another record, we've always done it on our own. It's always been Wild Roots Records, independent releases. Um, I think, well, yeah, just to put it bluntly, we were getting a little... Uh, tired of doing a lot of the work, not tired. We were just getting worn out a little bit with, with doing a lot of the managerial work that's required of releasing an album on your own. Mm-hmm. And that includes, you know, finding um, a publicist and, and uh, stuffing envelopes and sending out mail packages <laughs> and responding to emails, you know, regarding interviews and all sorts of things. When you're doing that all your own, depending on how fast you're moving forward, it can get very overwhelming. And with me being on the road, um, and, and all of us being another five years older, 
You know, it's just it's just a matter of being like, well, can some? Can, what do we do? Do we hire? You know, do we hire a publicist, a manager, and all these people individually, or do we seek out a record label that has these sort of packages available for musicians? And I know a lot of people are moving away from record labels these days, especially in the blues music, it seems. But I think for us, it was an easy answer. We were going to shop the record. It was already complete. We were just looking for someone to pick it up and, and give us the support that we needed. Blind Pig was there and gave us a great offer. And I'm, I'm happy to be working with, with uh, Edward and Jerry and uh, the Orchard team and everyone there. Now, did you seek them out? Did they seek you out? Or was there a, a mutual acquaintance that maybe made the introduction? How did, how did that actually come to be? I believe that uh, Reverend Billy Seabortz, who was also on Blind Pig, may have been the first to drop my name to those guys, but they definitely knew of me. Um, there was a little bit of both where, you know, when we came out with this super group, they flew out and listened to us, and then they got to know me um, individually, as well as the as well as each member individually, Damon Fowler was already on Blind Pig um, before we brought the the Southern Hospitality Band to Blind Pig. So there was a little bit of everything. They got to know me via that project, and then when we were shopping our record, we did shop it all over. But we already knew that we were in a way. I was already part of the Blind Pig family, and I already enjoyed working with them. So it was kind of an easy answer. Very good. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, if you've never been taught about mic technique, learn everything you can quickly. You can have a super terrific voice, but if you don't know how to utilize the microphone, all that talent will be negated. You'll likely give the sound man fits, too. Do some research, watch some videos, ask an established pro. Mic technique is hugely important in your performance. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Are you digging the Bruce's Bonus segment each week? Listeners, are the tips helping you out, musicians and entertainers who are listening? There's one on every episode. We've even got an ebook for sale at nowhearthis.biz containing the bonus from each of the first 40 episodes. So go there and check that out. You've mentioned Southern Hospitality a few times, and uh, just a few weeks ago, back on episode 66, the guest was none other than Damon Fowler himself. Uh, we mentioned oh, okay. that he's out touring uh, with his own band, but he's also touring with Southern Hospitality this year. I mentioned before your piano versatility, but these relationships, uh, your record label, just this this fraternity that Damon and I talked about out in the blues community, it just really allows for so much more above and beyond all you're doing with the Wild Roots, yes? Oh, of course. You know, you... you, you Absolutely. To answer your question, yes. <laughs> to go into details, I'd say that the family is a, a small but mighty tribe. That's That's been said many times, well before I said it. But it is, and it's a very a tight-knit group. Um, it offers a lot of opportunities for us to work together and, and cross paths and, and come up with these projects. And that's been going on forever. Uh, groups ever since the beginning of the blues. I mean, groups, people got together like Buddy Guy and Junior Wells and and uh, you know that's just just the way it is, and 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 that's a, a beautiful opportunity and experience to be able to do that. We always know where our, 
our home bases. The Wild Roots for me is, is my home base. When we want to go out and do something different, then I have Southern Hospitality. And it's a great, it's a wonderful thing for all of us to have both of those groups. And I'll tell you what makes it awesome. And it, this kind of might make it a little clearer and make it a little more simple for everyone. If I go out and play the big blues bender as Southern Hospitality next year, I can't go and do that again. But I can do it as the Wild Roots. And so Southern Hospitality and the Wild Roots or Damon Fowler Group it, it, or J.P. Swords Band, it's always it's going to always offer us an opportunity to work more than if we were just doing it by ourselves and just concentrating on just our bands. What happens is we're able to play these festivals multiple times and get out there more, uh, our exposure with our fans and our friends more. I don't like not being able to go and see our friends and fans only once every three or four years in a certain area of the country. So by having these uh, super groups or having these joint uh, efforts, we're able to we're able to get out there a little bit more and have a little more time with our friends and fans. Outstanding, outstanding. I, I from where I sit, I would call that a good business model. Is that is that something that that you think <laughs> is is happening more these days, or or, or is this kind of uh, you know, I, I I don't want to say cutting edge, but um, is this maybe something that you kind of sit there and scratch your head and say why are, why are more musicians not doing this? <laughs> well, I kind of. There's, there's, there's many reasons why musicians don't do this or do do this. And I think for us, it's just a matter of me being really close with Damon and JP and, and working really hard and establishing, you know, how we're going to do this because there's a lot of complications. For example, this, I'm playing a festival in a few days with Southern Hospitality. Each of us are flying in at different times off our own tours. Each of us are having to rent vehicles, wow. find hotels. There's a ton wow. of expense involved in doing these super groups and a lot of coordination needed. Um, so it's, it's, it's taxing, but ex- but more so it's rewarding. So I think it's just a matter of, do you have the guys and the personalities uh, to pull this off. And with Southern Hospitality, yes, we do. And thankfully, because of the Wild Roots, yes, we do. Yeah, the you know, personalities. These guys. Be- <laughs> the personalities, because yeah. let's not forget a, a similar word, which is egos. And, and that's probably why a lot of musicians don't do it, is because their <laughs> ego gets in the way and they say, well, wait a minute. If I'm going to go do it that way, then it's going to be their name out there and it's not going to, I'm not going to, my name that's is going to be the headliner. Exactly no, right. no, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that does get in the way of a lot of super groups. Sometimes uh, you both you can't fit two musicians' head through the door. It's just too big, you know. <laughs> well, and you know, not but, enough room in that club. <laughs> well, but but what they don't realize that they're doing is is leaving money on the table, you know. So it's 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 unfortunate. Um, it can but, be, you know, yeah. the survival of a blues artist is very dependent on his ability to get out there and work. And you know, when there's an opportunity to work more and and to get out there and survive not only to survive on a business level, and I mean like being able to afford your rent. Um, you know, there used to be like rent parties for musicians that literally go out and play f- to cover their rent. Wow. Um, nowadays, it's, you know, and there a lot of, even 10 years ago, 15 years ago, a lot of blues musicians were putting around town with big buses and things. You know, times have changed. We're, you can't afford to do that anymore. The gas is way too high. Everybody's selling their buses. You know, so what do we do? You know, in order to come up with a new angle and to come up with things, we go back in time to where it was similar and blues musicians were doing this back then. We take the same model and do it today where it's, it's not only about, you know, finding that business edge. It really is about just being able to continue to just work and, and be with doing what you love, which is out there playing music. So 
Southern hospitality helps me feel uh, fill the calendar. I'm able to get out there and, and continue the tour like I want to. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's an amazing blessing. And I'm very grateful to be involved with the guys in the Southern hospitality and the Wild Roots, first and foremost. Well, and so yeah. so let's take a look at, at your crazy summer schedule uh, out in support of, of Boomtown. Seven dates in June, uh, which is just a warm-up for, check this out, listeners, 14 shows in 28 days in Canada and the U.S. Uh, in July, not to mention then six more shows in the first nine days of, of August alone. Uh, Victor, I hope you're getting plenty of rest for all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. You know, some of that I've got... You know, and, and our calendar is constantly being updated. I I know that the I'm doing the um, in June I'm doing a thing called the Pine Top Perkins um, workshops, the and that's going to be masterclass workshops, and that's going to extend three or four days in the middle of June. And also, I mean, it's just our schedule is awesome and and just very varied, um, very varied. It's um, <laughs> we're not playing the same type of venue over and over again. I'm doing different things like workshops and theaters and festivals and your and your taverns, juke joints and clubs, blues venues. And and I think that's where it's the most rewarding experience comes. The people that come see us at a festival are oftentimes the same people that see us in clubs and in theaters, but sometimes the people that are in clubs, your juke joints and your honky tonks, they don't make it out to your festivals and theaters and they're a different type of audience. It's a different atmosphere, it's a different feeling for everyone. So those experiences are varied and in and, and a beautiful, wonderful way. Well, you have to go to where yes. those people are. It's, it's, you know, in some way it makes me think of when I launched the show well over a year ago and it was on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and all of a sudden it was brought to me that you can have a podcast on SoundCloud and I thought, well, that's where the musicians hang out. I, I have to go to, to where the audience is and, and that's exactly what you're describing mm-hmm. there is, is the, the reason behind playing so many different types of venues and events. Yeah. You know, we want, we want to experience those things. I like to keep it fresh and exciting. And if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, it gets a little, um, I'm not, I wouldn't go far as to say stale because I love playing, but it's, it's more fun to be able to play to the varied audiences and to the wide eclectic, uh, offering that blues, uh, brings, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing way to experience life, um, in the smallest of venues to the largest of venues. I think October, November, December, I'm doing a theater tour for three months that expands from the United States into Canada. And it's just, I'm so grateful to be given the opportunity to play, um, these, these theaters. And I'm not talking, you know, 2000 seat theaters. I'm talking, you know, blues theaters, <laughs> you know, cabarets, several hundred seats to, you know, a thousand seats, several hundred to a thousand. And I, and I think it's, it's, I'm really excited for it, but you know, in between those, those things, I'm making sure that we have the juke joints covered. I'm making sure that the band and I get, you know, get it, experience as much as life has to offer in the blues world. That's the best way I can put it. <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. What a great attitude. I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Memphis is singer, songwriter, and piano player Victor Wainwright. His band is called The Wild Roots. Check out his official website at www.victorwainwright.com. And also check him out on social media. He is on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And his music is available on iTunes, Spotify, 
cdbaby.com, Amazon, plenty of places for you to get it from. He's got lots of live dates, as we were just discussing over these next few months, so be sure to look those up on his website, too. As he just mentioned, it's a work in progress, so continue to consult that for when and where he will be in your area. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, it's spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too, friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will download automatically for you when a new episode comes out. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you very much. And please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Victor, we talk a lot on this show to the listeners who are up-and-coming singers, songwriters, musicians, entertainers who are wanting to learn from guests like you that are doing all that you've got going on and have accomplished. I found it interesting in preparing for today's show that despite all you have going on, CDs, tons of live dates, you have uh, the deal with Blind Pig Records that we mentioned, uh, yet I scroll all the way down to the very bottom of your homepage and I see website designed by Victor Wainwright. <laughs> are, 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 are you actually a, a big web guy or, or are you just wanting to be in control of your site? Is it, no, nah, it's no big deal, Bruce, it doesn't take much of my time. <laughs> what, what's the story there? No, it does take a tremendous amount of time. I think, you know, for any up-and-coming blues artist or someone interested in in getting into the blues, I would say that wearing as many hats as you can um, and being comfortable uh, while doing so is very, very important. Uh, You know, I enjoy designing websites, uh, and I design my my own um, because it gives me something to do and focus on outside of the very fast-paced and hectic world that is um they can be blues music mm. um then that involves booking touring and singing and playing and everything from getting up and getting dressed and getting out of a hotel in time you know it's it's it can be very very fast-paced to where you feel like your life is literally on fast forward sometimes yeah. time can just fly by a tour just sometimes flies by and you think man i should have stopped and for a moment and appreciated something a little more and you, and you learn from those experiences, but for, uh, designing websites for me, which I do, it is, a uh, allowed me to, to hit the stop button or at least slow it down from fast forward yeah. and, and really focus on something that requires a lot of attention. And, and just, I don't know, it allows me to slow down. Some guys paint, some may say meditate or listen to music with their headphones or whatever it is. And I think for me designing, uh, websites is, you know, something that I enjoy doing that allows me to slow down a little bit and also can provide a, a source of income. And, you know, it's important that we all, uh, as blues musicians or someone interested in getting into the music business, have a few hats, you know, wear a couple of hats. Don't be afraid to, to, you know, branch out and, uh, you know, show off your talents a little bit, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and what uh, what great synergy. You know, I always talk about the fact that I don't give my guests the questions in advance because I like to preserve the spontaneity of their answers. And uh, who could have guessed yeah. that, that you would just cite something like, 
you know, the tour goes by fast, and sometimes I wish I would stop and kind of savor a little bit more because I just wrote a blog on the Now Hear This website a couple of weeks ago called Making Memories, which which was exactly that. It was telling people like, hey, when you're in one of those moments, you know, performers, when you when you've got this really amazing venue that you can't believe, wow, look at look at the stage that I'm on, you know, savor that because it will go by quickly, and you will get to a point where. Someday you're going to say, boy, I, I just kind of oh, took yeah. all that for granted. Let it fly by. Um, yeah, it can become it can become work. And, and and right now, you know, one of my biggest jobs, quote unquote, is to ensure that my band and, and myself never feel like we're really having to, quote unquote, work. You know, when we're at a beautiful theater and everything's just right, I don't want to be spending too much time thinking about, oh, well, what songs are we going to play and how does that ending go and how are we going to do this? Or, you know, oh, we got to, we got to load out real quick tonight because we got to be in Kansas tomorrow. And mm. these things can become very overwhelming very quickly for a band to where the night that you are at that amazing venue, like you said, you don't appreciate it as much because you're thinking too much about other things. Instead of being like, wow, you know, I feel really grateful that I'm here right now and that all these people have showed up for us. And how do I show my appreciation but to play as, as, as well as I can and to entertain as best as I can and to sing, you know, the greatest that I've ever sung. And it's, it's just about taking a moment and appreciating what's in front of you and being grateful and, and humble for that opportunity and those people that those people have provided for you. And I think slowing down is required in order to, to really do that on the level of which I like to do it. And sometimes it does, you know, for me, it requires me doing something else for a minute, you know, working on that blog or working on that other page or, you know, making this look a little better or finding a photographer to, to have this, the proper graphics on the websites or yeah. whatever it is. It just yeah. helps me slow down. Yeah. And, you know? and plus, you know, if you like it done a certain way, it's better that you do it yourself. Usually if you have the skill set to do it. Right. Right. Because otherwise you're going to drive someone else absolutely crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and, and, and something about what you said made me think back to uh, episode 64 with Clark Nowlin. He's a young uh, producer and and phenomenal uh, bass and guitar player out of Texas. And, And he said that he makes sure that, that his music is so well prepared that once he gets up on stage, the, you know, the music is the last thing he's thinking about. He's thinking about networking and, and meeting people after the show and what kind of connections is, is he going to make. So, you know, so good for you. It's, you know, a, a similar attitude yeah. that, that you're describing. Um, I do, I, I know there's something called the internet, <laughs> but but I'm curious, and, and yeah. this could be another teaching moment for the up-and-comers who are listening, but how does a guy from, uh, I say Savannah, Georgia, but now Memphis, how do you end up with a talent agency out of Tallahassee, Florida, and a record label that was founded in, in Michigan and, and opened an office in San Francisco? Uh, yeah. You know, I think, it's, uh, I think it's easier than you might imagine. Um, like I said before, the, the blues is kind of a small but mighty tribe. So we get to cross paths with people all the time, no matter where they're from. I, I've played piano with Honey Piazza from Rod Piazza's band out of California. I've played um, piano with a guitar player from Iceland. You know, it's, it's not that hard because everybody comes, we all come together and cross paths eventually if you're interested in the same and the same genre of music. How many how many blues festivals are there really? Well, there's a lot, but there's some that you really, really, really want to play. And when you start to play those festivals, you start to run into people that you've always really wanted to meet. And I think, you know, it's a natural thing 
to meet, if you're creating a buzz and creating some noise for people from all over the world to really hear about it because of people just like you, Bruce, that, that have shows and have ways of, of getting us out there and letting people hear us from all over the world. And as long as we put in the time to do interviews and to support the stations that are playing our music and stuff, I think that will continue to happen. I think opportunities will continue to present themselves. We, we can network, and it's really important to network, but I think the most important thing to do is to have a good attitude, enjoy life, and to, and to entertain as best as you could possibly entertain. Those, those opportunities and situations will present themselves to you if you're just going about it the right way. On that uh, Hardy Wiedemann, Blues Pro's talent, I designed his website as well. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I, I met him um, with playing an amazing blues, uh, a KBA award-winning blues venue. A KBA stands for Keeping the Blues Alive. Um, venue out of Tallahassee, Florida called the Bradfordville Blues Club, which is up in the woods. And it's just one of the last remaining real true juke joints. Um, mm. Everybody wants to play there. And he lives right there. Um, blues Pro's the agency that I'm with. Blues Pro's talent. He lives right there next to that venue. And he came out and saw me when I was playing with uh, the Reverend Billy Seawirtz. And um, he enjoyed what I was doing. I told him I had a band. And the rest is really history. It just sort of happened naturally. <laughs> Same thing with Blind Pig. I ran into and I got to be friends and eventually create a band with Damon Fowler. And Damon Fowler was signed to, to Blind Pig Records. Yeah. So there you go. You yeah. know, it was just wow. a matter of it's just a matter of running into these people, letting these opportunities create themselves, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. have to go out and create opportunity. Sure, sure. You know, you have to, you know, but it, these things do happen on their own as well. And luckily for me, I don't know all the details of how these sort of things have come to these puzzle pieces have been put together in my own life. I just know how grateful I am that they have them. Beautiful. That's all, beautiful. all I really know. Yeah, beautiful. God bless you for that. Uh, before we close today, I, I would be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about the recent passing of B.B. King, who I know is someone you grew up listening yeah. to. Yeah. You know, B.B., man, it's really hard to talk about B.B. King, honestly, but I'll, I'll do my very best. I think with the passing of B.B., we've all lost another dad. If you're in deep in the blues uh, like I am and like many, many, many of my friends are, B.B. King was a second father really to us all. And uh, you know that 98% of the people living on this earth, 98% of everyone living on the earth never lived a day without B.B. King <laughs> until right now. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a big shock. You know, it's just plain statistics. And he was known everywhere, you know, and, and from, from the far east to the far west. And I think for all of us, we're just sort of reeling from it all still. But... I have a, a personal story about B.B. King. B.B. knew me, and I got to meet B.B. King. I've gotten to open up for B.B. King in theaters. I've, I got to know him all right, you know, where he would know who I was. And the reason he knew what I was was not because of music. It was because I was an air traffic controller. No and kidding. B.B. King no kidding. Wow. was, yeah, B.B. King at a time of his life was a private pilot, and he liked to fly planes. A lot of people didn't know that. Um, BB was a private pilot. So when he found out that I was an air traffic controller, he and I had something to talk about that yeah. wasn't just music. Yeah. You know, and so whenever I was around BB or had the opportunity to open up for BB or spend time with BB with King, we talked about that because that was 
how he remembered me, and that's what he wanted to talk about. <laughs> and so I was always happy that we had something that not a lot of other people had, yeah. a, a personal experience with each other that we could talk about his his joy of that recreation of flying and my, you know, not so much joy of being an air traffic controller. <laughs> so we would always laugh about yeah. it, but it, it gave us a common ground, you know, and, uh. and I think that we will recover. You know, I know that we'll recover. Um, we'll never have another BB King, I'm afraid, but we, it's going to be awesome and amazing uh, to see how the community comes together and who rises to the occasion. And I, and I just hope that God has that in his plans for me and for many of my friends, for us to just have the strength to rise to the occasion and to uh, be strong through these, this sort of hard period of, of blues history. That's the best way I can put it. Good, good. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart, and thank you for sharing that story. Uh, we're going to close today with another song of yours, Victor, uh, one called When the Day is Done, which is also from the new record. Uh, tell the listeners all about what they're going to hear with that one. You know, when the day is done is really simply about faith. Um, Stephen wrote it as a tribute to his family who have passed. Um, many of his family have passed. It's just simply about faith. That's the best way I can put it. But, you know, speaking of B.B. King, it, it, it absolutely has to do with, with uh, you know, moving on to the next days, you know, whether, what, depending on what you believe in, it could be uh, your next life or heaven. Or I could tell you one thing, BB ain't coming back. He got it right. And I read that somewhere and I really believe it. He got it right this time around. <laughs> so he ain't coming back, you know? And I think when the, <laughs> I think when the day is done, it's, it's sort of like, uh, is is about that, you know what I mean? And, and, you can look at it and listen to it and, and smile and really feel the song because the message is very clear. And uh, I guess that's really all I have to say about that particular tune. I really love it. I think your listeners will too. Very good. Very good. Well, I enjoyed the conversation, Victor. Thank you so much. Really, uh, really glad that, that we're able Thank to you. do this today. Yeah, my pleasure. My Bruce, pleasure. I've really... Uh, uh, Bruce, I've really appreciated this, and it's been a great time. Thank you very, very much, man. I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely. <laughs> I will close today by formally thanking my guest. Today we heard from singer, songwriter, and piano player Victor Wainwright of Victor Wainwright and the Wild Roots. Go check out his website at www.victorwainwright.com, and be sure to engage with him on social media, too. That would be Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, and for that matter, let him know that you heard his interview on Now Hear This Entertainment. Be sure to purchase his music, including the new release, Boomtown, iTunes, cdbaby.com, amazon.com, even his own website. They all have his music available for purchase. And look at the tour section of victorwainwright.com to see where and when he'll be performing in your area. I'm going to take a deep breath here. This is a long list. Georgia, Kentucky, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Michigan, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, New York, Rhode Island, Maine, Delaware, and West Virginia. There are dates for all you folks on there. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. And give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. It truly does help the show a lot. 
If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel, all on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email. The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online on their great new website at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Victor Wainwright. This is the one he just talked about. It's called When the Day is Done. Oh!